anybody ready for the word this morning? They're not ready. Is anybody ready for the word this morning? All right. Okay. All right. Y'all ready? All right. So I, um, I'm excited. And y'all know I'm excited when my leg starts doing this. I don't know why, but it just starts doing this. I'm excited because we are starting part three of a series that we're calling Help Me Crazy. Now say it like you mean it. This series is honestly probably my favorite series I've ever preached. Not because it's the easiest topic to talk about because it has the potential to transform so many lives. And one of the things that people do not understand is how much faith is a part of the cornerstone, the foundation of everything you have to do as a believer in Jesus Christ. And so we've talked about this idea of crazy faith. And I want to give you, if this is your first time watching or joining us in the building, I want to give you this working definition of crazy faith. Write this down. Crazy faith are thoughts and actions that lack reason, but trusting fully in what you cannot explicitly prove. See, crazy faith is like, hey, this don't make full sense. Like when I'm looking in my natural, like when I'm looking at the, the, the facts, this don't make sense. But for some reason, yeah. I believe that this can happen. For some reason, even though the doctors gave me this report, I believe that I can walk in healing. Yeah. For some reason, I know I haven't done all of the things that qualify me for this position. But after I had that interview, I just feel like that's mine. Did I come to the right church this morning? What I'm telling you is there's a level that you can live in God. That it does not make complete sense. But you fully believe what you cannot prove. And what we've been talking about is this is where all of the people we read about in the Bible, this is where they lived. At crazy faith. Noah building an ark. It had never rained. Abraham, <laughs> Abraham believing with his wife for a baby at 75 and, and, and hoping that it could come to pass. David thinking that he could defeat Goliath. These were all things that at the time seemed completely crazy. But remember this fact. It's only crazy until it happens. And what was crazy in one season, people will count as faith. So I've been trying to move us through this whole thing where we understand, yes, the goal is crazy faith. But crazy faith starts with baby faith. And if you would just have the faith the size of a mustard seed, just a little bit, to believe God said you could speak to all kinds of stuff and tell it to move. You could speak to cancer. You could speak to the bad attitude that you've been having this morning when you woke up and everything was wrong. You can say, hold on. It's not who I am. I'm a child of God and I speak faith and life and death is in the power of my tongue. And I'm not going to cuss you out even though I want to. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But he just says you got to have a little faith. But, but, but as we started through this, it's, it's raised a lot of questions. A lot of questions in people that, that are trying to like, all right, God, I, I'm trying to move in faith. And Pastor Mike, you're saying some stuff, but I need you to bring some clarity. So today I want to answer a few questions that people have been having about this topic on faith. And I think it has the opportunity to change your life. People keep asking me questions like this. How do you know, Pastor Mike? How do you know you're moving in faith? Like, I don't want to waste time and like go the wrong direction. How do I know? And then they ask stuff like this. And how are you confident that what you are believing in faith that it's done? Like, how do you do that? And the last question they keep asking is, how can you be sure that the thing you're believing for is going to happen? 
Like how? I'm about to give y'all the greatest point that you've ever gotten in your life. Listen, how do you know? How do you know what you're believing for? How do you know that you're moving in faith? You can't. It's not faith if you could figure it out. No, I need to help somebody understand this because you're standing paralyzed because you want to know and be assured and sure that everything's going to be okay. You can't. Let me help you understand this. Faith begins where understanding ends. When you don't know, that's where faith starts. When God called you and said, you're supposed to go to this college. Well, how am I going to pay for it? That's where faith starts. Like, like, well, the doctor gave us this bad report. What are we going to do? We don't have insurance to pay for this. And that's where faith starts. Where your understanding ends is where faith begins. And what most of us try to do is we want to understand it all before we start moving in faith. And you've been paralyzed your entire Christian life. Had faith enough for salvation, but have not had faith enough to move beyond where you're at. And so you live in an in a area of existence instead of dominance, instead of the provided life that God has for you. And I'm trying to shake somebody and let you know that where you're at and what you're dealing with and what God is calling you to will never be a sure thing at the beginning. Look at him. Y'all, y'all sitting here like, oh, God, this is not what I wanted to hear. What I told somebody in the back is I said, I would rather people understand how faith actually works than for you guys to be excited about what can happen. Oh, God can do a miracle and God can move the mountains and God can give you the home and God can deliver you and God can give you the keys and you never get keys. Will it ever work in your life? Will it ever happen for your family? Because it's easy to come in here and celebrate when it happens for the church and for somebody else. But how do we practically put our faith in action? And you cannot put faith in action if you have to understand it all before you move in faith. There will always be, everybody say, a gap. There will always be a gap between your abilities and the promise of God. There will always be a gap between what you can network your way into and the thing that God has called you to be. Because this whole Christian life is for you to be dependent on God. For you to trust him. And this is us having faith in God. So the title of today's message is something that's going to help you. It's, It's not crazy faith. It's not baby faith. But what if God can still work in maybe faith? No, because isn't that how we live our life? Like, like maybe this is going to work. Like, maybe I was supposed to be here. Maybe I married the right person. Like, you going to act like you was 100% sure? When you made that move, when you said, I do, you're going to act like you was 100% sure. Nobody's 100% sure. What you're doing is you're stepping out on faith and you're saying, maybe this is you, God. Maybe you're going to provide for me right here. Maybe you're going to do something. And so many believers stay paralyzed in their purpose because they don't know if God can use their maybe faith. But today I came to tell you that we serve a God that doesn't need a lot. All he needs is just a little bit of your faith. And I want you to write this down because some of you have lost hope and has lost faith in what God's saying. But you've had it 
backwards. Look at this. Faith is not found in what you are believing for. Faith is found in who you are believing in. See, the problem is most of us like, well, I believed for the house and then the house, they, they, they sold it to somebody else. And so I guess I didn't have enough faith. No, 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 no. You put your faith in the house wow. instead of the giver of the house. And, and the reason that God didn't let you get that house is because he knows your future. And he knew that that house was too much for you to buy right now. And you would be in foreclosure in two years. And he also knew that in two years, he was going to move you to another state. And because his protection, you prayed that he would protect you and guide your step. He closed that door. It wasn't that your faith didn't work. He, your faith was working to protect you into something. And he knew you were going to move to another place. And you wanted to move to that place because that's where your spouse is at. And he wanted you to get to that place so your husband or your wife could be able to find you. And you're sitting here thinking that my faith didn't work. And God said, your faith is working right now. And the thing you got to understand with this is when God's doing something that you can see, he's working. But the same God, when you don't see it, he's still working. And, and, and the problem with most of us, if we do not have faith in the who, we have faith in the what. So if I don't see the healing like I wanted to see, I, I'm, I'm, oh, I lost faith because that, that loved one passed away. He healed them. I know this messes with people's theology. He healed them. He just healed them in heaven. No more sickness, no more pain. No, no more worry. He healed. But, but we think for some reason we lost. And God said, your perspective of it is all wrong. He said, I need somebody to see like I see. You got to get your faith out of the what and put your faith in the who. And my faith is in God. And your faith should be in God. And that's why when things don't go your way, put your faith back in the who. Because my Bible says God is working all things together for the good of those who like either you believe that or you don't so a L is not really a loss it turns into a lesson because even when I go through something that looks unfavorable to me even when they leave us even when they go away God says I'll use all of it y'all don't believe it over here God says I'll use all of it and that's why, and, and that's why most people won't even get past salvation when it comes to faith. You just had enough faith to ask God to keep you out of hell. I got my get out of hell free card. And God says, is that where, is that all? Is Salvation is the starting line of the Christian life. Dealing with sin and not sin. Like, is this a sin? Is this a... That is the first, like the first part of dealing with Christian life. And 80% of the people in this room is stuck right here when the promise of God is over there. But we won't have faith to believe beyond where we're at right now. And so let me help you because some of y'all are sitting here looking at me. Let me give you some Bible. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. It says, and the righteous ones, my righteous ones. Another translation say, and the just 
People who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, they will live by faith. Sorry, boo-boo, you don't have an option. If you are saved, the prerequisite, the fine print of salvation is guess what? You now have to live by faith. So there will always be a gap between your job providing for you and what you really need because the saved ones, the just ones, the righteous ones shall live by faith. And this is the stuff nobody tells you. It's like, oh, your miracle's on the way. Everything is coming. Claim it. It's your season. But you've been saying that same thing for 10 years. It's because the miracle is waiting on you. It's not, is the miracle here? Is God out of supply? It's are you out of faith? Let me step back over here. If you are a believer... There will always be a gap between what you have and what you need. Ask Paul. Because if anybody could get a pass on this, it should be somebody who wrote a third of the Bible. You, you, I mean, Paul, Paul, I mean, literally, he's seen miracles, y'all. P- Paul was killing Christians like pow, 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 pow. Gangster killing Christians. Has a Damascus Road experience. Goes blind for a few days. Has has somebody put spit or, or not spit, but touch his eyes, and and he goes to see, and then he starts ministering the gospel. He literally has seen miracles. He's going around speaking all these words, and then he comes to this place in his own life. Like many of us, no matter what you do, no matter if you're on a platform, no matter if God's using you in great ways in your company or your business, there will always be an area that you are deficient. And that gap is for faith to fill it. And what ends up happening is obviously, obviously Paul has faith. And so in 2 Corinthians um, um, chapter, let's go, 2 Corinthians chapter um, 12, verse 8, he asked Jesus three times. Hey, listen, I got this issue that's kind of like a thorn in my side. And they never tell us what it really is. It could be an addiction. It could have been some anger issues. It could have been all kinds of things. But he said, I got this thorn. Could you please take this away? And God was like, nah, 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 nah. You look better with that. You're more attractive to me when you're dependent on me. He said, I could take this thing away from you easy. He said, but right now, my grace is is all you need. It's sufficient for you right now. So I'm going to let you stay with this gap so faith can fill it. Because every day you wake up, you need to understand that, that maybe it's God who's sustaining you. And maybe it's God who got you into that position that you didn't qualify for. And maybe it's the grace of God that empowers you to live a different life. It's maybe faith. Like, like, it's maybe I can't do this without God. And so all of us have to get to this point where we can realize that we have to trust completely in who God is and what he's called us to do. But look at the end of Hebrews 1038. Because my question is to you is, what are you filling your gap with? Some of y'all trying to fill the gap with talent, with networking. If I just know a few more people, then, then, then what God has for me, no baby. Come on. Some of us are trying to fill it with money and things. And, and God said, the only fulfillment for this is that you have faith in me, that you, you would trust me, that I would provide for you every day. Ask the children of Israel. 
The children of Israel, they, 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 they didn't really have a full understanding of what God was trying to do in their life. He, he told them, like, I'll provide for you every day. And so he started letting manna from heaven, that was their food, rain down. But what they didn't understand is that there was only enough anointing in the manna for the day. Like it was only for that one day. And so people who would try to store it up and, and save some for the next day, it would rot and have maggots in it because God was trying to tell everybody and give a sign to us right now that I am the God that will supply your need every single day. I'm the God that you need to have faith in every single day. But I can tell the people in the back trust their plan more than his purpose. I can tell there's thousands of people watching right now that, that you would rather become independent than dependent on God. Come on. Come on, let's be honest. You used to pray more when you were desperate. Come on, listen. When you didn't have the money. When, 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 you, when you didn't have the job, when you didn't have the connections, when your children were, when you were praying to have children, you were more desperate. But sometimes the blessings of God make us self-sufficient and we no longer depend and trust on him anymore. And that's why there always is a gap between where you are and what you can do and the purpose that God has called you to. Ah. So, so, so look at the bottom half of this scripture. It says, and my righteous ones are the just will. Everybody say will. You have no option. You're, you're going to live by faith. But it says, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away from faith. What does it look like when you're a believer, but you don't have any faith in the God you say you believe in? He said, I, I don't take no pleasure in that. So if this is like the cornerstone of our faith, we need to understand and figure this faith thing out. So let's go back to the beginning, to the father of our faith. His name is Abram, okay? And, and this is his version one. Um, shameless plug for a conference we're having September 10th to 12th, right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, let's look at it right now. Um, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, who said it? The Lord. I said, who said it? The Lord. This is very key when you start talking about faith because a lot of people want to take their thoughts and then paste the Lord on top of them. Like they want to act like that relationship was from God. <laughs> and, and, and it started out nasty and started out wrong and started out bad. And this proves to me that, that Abram had a devotion life with God. That that. That if you don't get anything else from my teaching or this church, all I'm asking you to do is have a daily devotion with God. Time that you set aside where you wait on God. You read his word. You listen to worship music because Pastor Mike may be your favorite preacher and such and such may be the person that speaks to you in a good, encouraging way. But nobody can talk to you like God can. Nobody can pinpoint your situation, your dysfunction, your hurts, your pain, the stuff you keep from every... I'm trying to help somebody. Nobody can get you right like God can. And so many of us want self-help and want to read a book and want to find, but they didn't create you. They don't know you. They don't know. And I'm telling you, Abram had a devotion life because it was a conversation where he was speaking to God and God was speaking back to him. Well, Pastor Mike, is God speaking in an audible voice? Most of the time, not. He speaks through his word where he left, left a love letter for us that they wrote this stuff 
of thousands of years ago and it's still applying to your broken life today. How does that happen? Except by the spirit of God. He also speaks through others and you got to listen to who you have around you that actually finds themselves in this book as well. I don't want to listen to you just because you have money because you will lead me down a path that has nothing to do with my purpose. I need to listen to some. I'm preaching already. I'm I need to listen to people who have sought God. And this is where we find out. People try to move out on faith, but they're not finding it from the Father. And that's why it says, now the Lord said to Abram. (laughs) He said, watch what he told him to do. Because this is like the basics of faith. He says, go away from your country. Huh? And from your relatives. No, not big mama. And from your father's house, huh? To the land which I will show you. I'm not about to even tell you where you're going. How many people in this room and watching online, they don't like to get in cars or go anywhere until they know where the destination is? Come on, let's be honest. You're a control freak. That's what you are. You need deliverance. But many of us, we're not just hopping in and riding. Where are we going? How long is it going to take to get there? What happens when God gets in the driver's seat of your life? And the only thing he says is buckle up. Where are we going? Buckle up. Who's going to be there? Buckle up. And this is essentially what he tells Abram. He said, leave everything you know. Leave your country. That means leave comfortability. Leave the place where everybody speaks my language and I know the customs and the culture. Leave my comfortability. And your relatives, leave what's familiar. Like, leave the thing that I've been raised around and this is just how it is. It says, leave your father's house, which represented provision and protection. You mean if I'm stepping out in faith? Like this telling me a lot in like four little lines. Like if I'm actually going to live by faith. That means. Faith will be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. No, everybody in here like, yeah, I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. Faith is going to be uncomfortable. That means if you're comfortable, you're not in faith. See, I'm going to say it reverse because some of y'all, it didn't hit you when I said it the first time. If you're sitting around thinking like, yeah, life is good. Money's good. Kids are good. I look good. There may be an area that God's whispering you come out deeper. Step out and believe me again. No, come on, baby. There's more for you back here. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. God, you've already done it. <laughs> I'm 45, I'm retired, kids are good, family's good, I look good. And, and, and com- uncomfort or being uncomfortable is a sign that faith can work. So, so we're learning from Abram right now, faith will be uncomfortable. The second thing, faith will be unfamiliar. Some of y'all won't do nothing that you don't know. Now, how are you going to know something new if you won't do it? Well, I, you know, that's just not my group of people. How could they ever become your group of people? 
Well, that's just not, you know, that's just not how I get down. How do you get down? And, and what I'm saying is when you start walking in faith, you're going to have to learn and talk and read about stuff that is unfamiliar. You're going to have to talk to people that don't have none of your cultural background. You're going to have to stand in places and declare what God said when nobody else believe it. It's going to be unfamiliar. And faith will require new provision. See, most of us, if we've seen God move before, we want him to move the same way the next time. So last time I prayed. I fasted for two days and then he answered. So this time I need a miracle. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast for two days and I'm going to get that miracle again. And then when you get there and it's like, eh. why didn't that work? God's left me. He said, no, you pinned me to a formula. And I want you to walk by. That. If I did it the same way every time, you wouldn't have to have faith to do that. That's why Jesus healed some people by speaking the word. He healed some people by touching them. He healed some people by taking mud and putting spit in it and telling them to go. He healed different ways because it took faith. I'm trying to help you. You're wondering why, why is the dream not coming to pass? Because you want to be comfortable. You want it to be provided for the same way it was provided before. You want it to be familiar. And the last thing you got to understand about faith, faith will force vulnerability. You can't be safe in faith. When I, when I, when I drew that, that picture of the Spirit Bank Event Center five years ago, and the first line said the Spirit Bank Event Center will be Transformation Church. That was one level of faith. But do you want to know when my faith became vulnerable? As when I took that piece of paper and I showed it to another human being. Because at that moment, my faith was vulnerable. Either they were going to be like, this boy done lost his mind. Or, wow, maybe God can. And it's very, very important who you talk to and who you are surrounded with when you're in a season of maybe faith. Y'all better hear me. The people that have been your besties don't have the words for what God's about to take you into. The people who've been talking behind your back, you don't need their approval. You need somebody to bear down and believe with you. Ah. But if you're going to walk in faith, you're going to be naked out here. Here it is. Stretch marks and all. You hear me? You, you, there's no way to be safe and be fully in faith. And that's why you want to guarantee. And God says, I ain't giving it. Because you're trusting in the what? When you should be trusting in the who? So, so Abram gets this word. Which is real daunting. Like, hey, leave your country, leave your family, leave your house and provision. And okay, God, I got you because I, I got a little bit of faith. Must see where I'm going. I'll show you when you move. Go to the land that I will show you. Start the business that I will show you. Move to the place that I will show you. Start serving in the church. What area? I'll show you. See, faith is moving. 
and allowing God to direct your step. The problem is it's so much easier to move something, an object that is in motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's happening is many of us are standing still wanting God to move us. Brent, come here real fast. I need y'all to see this real quick. This is most of us in our faith. And we're saying, all right, I have faith. My promise is over there. But I'm currently right here. And we're like, all right, God, take me in faith. And we want God to pick us up. Oh, God. We literally want him to pick us up and move us to the promise. But Brent, just walk slowly. It's much easier to push somebody towards faith when they've already taken a step. What you're waiting on is for God to move. And God said, if you would just move, I would take you and push you and direct you into purpose. Somebody needs to give God praise right there. I hope you're getting this. So right now, Abram's faced with a, with a hard decision. I'm going to stay comfortable or I'm going to move in faith. But this is some encouragement for somebody. The pain of faith is always anchored by the promise of faith. God never gives you all of these directives that seem so sacrificial if what he wants to do on the other side of it is not even more amazing. So he literally tells him, you got to leave all this stuff in faith and go to the land that I will show you. But look at verse two. But he says, and I'll make your name great. He says, I will bless you abundantly. He says, and make your name great. That's exalted and distinguished. And you shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. Isn't that the point that God would bless you so much that when people are in need that you see at quick trip, when, when you just get a win, you don't even have to know them. But God would be able to make you the answer to somebody's prayer instead of saying, I'll pray for you. No, I'm here. Like, you don't. Uh, Y'all don't hear me. Like, will you pray with me? Here's your answer. What do you need? I can be used by God in this moment. And he says, I'll make you that type of person. He said, I will curse. That is subject to my wrath and judgment. The ones who curse you. That means you don't have to defend yourself. When you're walking in faith, you don't got to go to Twitter and Facebook and defend what God is doing. God says, if they curse you, they better watch out. If they talk about you, they better watch out. I got top flight security with me all the time. You hear me? He says, and in you, all the families of the nation of the earth will be. We're sitting in the blessing of Abraham's faith step right now. So now Abraham has a decision to make. Like, is this God? Am I 100% sure I heard the voice of the Lord? Maybe. Like, maybe this is him. Or maybe it was that taco I ate last night. Can we be real? But I spend enough time with him. That I feel like this is beyond me. Like, 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 my, this is where I end. <laughs> and, and we know that we're understanding ends faith. So, so God, you're asking me to step over into something else that don't make no sense. And I don't understand this thing. Look what happens in verse four. It says, so Abraham 
departed. Now, I want you to look at the posture of Abraham when he departed. He just heard, leave your family, leave your comfortability, leave everything that's provided for you, leave it. Abraham didn't do this. Dang! Dang, God! Shoot. He, he didn't leave angry. He didn't leave crying. Oh, my God. Pookie, right, right. And he didn't even leave prideful. God about to bless me. I'm leaving y'all. Forget your church. Forget your business. God about to make me a ruler over nations. What? You gonna work for me one day. Because many of us leave our last season thinking it's about others when God is trying to build your faith in all y'all not. And so you're doing it trying to prove something and God's trying to improve something in you. Uh. Look how